again, ladies and gentlemen, Ghost Nobody here, ready to bring you Chapter 43, Part 2 of The Enemy of My Enemy. The second of my little trips into the AVP fanfiction world. And as always, I do hope you've been enjoying this little tale that I've been weaving for you all, and then enjoying the retelling as well, if you've already read it. As always, I do hope you'll like, share and subscribe to this wherever you can. And if you can, leave feedback either via fanfiction.net, archiveofourown.org, or even at my own website, ghostnobody.com. I always love reading your comments, and they always drive me to carry on. And if you do go to ghostnobody.com, check out Stormrider while you're there. That is, if big sexy dragoness girls, orcs and elves, and little human mages are your little bag of cup of tea, shall we say. So check it out. You never know, you might like it. And also while you're there, check out the Ghostly Links section. Either pop over on to Amazon.com via the Kindle network, or to Smashwords.com. Pick yourself up a copy of Mortis, my original novel. Well, if cat girls and surly one-legged snipers in a zombie apocalypse is your thing anyway. Help support me, keep me doing what I love. Bring in unlikely alien romances to you good people. So, without further ado, let's get on with the show, shall we? Oh, but first the usual legal disclaimer. Obviously I don't own AVP or anything to do with it. That's all the property of their own respective studios, this is just fan fiction. But that being said, I still keep the Huntresses to myself. Let's get on with the show. Chapter 43, Part 2 Dance the Night Away Rose watches Tick Ellis ran off with a very surprised-looking Jack on her shoulder. He'd only just finished a breeze in the Seekers when she came running in, pounced on him, and after the sweetest wrestling match in history, she scooped him up onto her shoulder and barked that she was taking her beloved one to their bedchambers and woe betide anyone who disturbed them. After stopping by her quarter to drop off her bow and to change back into her civvy clothing, Rose headed back down the mess hall rec room. The first thing she saw was, as she entered, was Cuddlebug, introducing Leroy to the other Belladon on board. He was obviously nervous of them, but with his big guardian standing watch over them, he greeted them and they positively cooed over him, as did a couple of Yejuta girls from both the Hunters and the Halcroft who were nearby. Looks like he's going to be real popular here, but the human guys always are in our circles. A lot of alien girls looking for exotic love out there, Ryan's voice said from behind her suddenly, and instinctively she snapped to attention and saluted, and he laughed. At ease, young one. The patriarch of the Tamers has off-duty, you know, he said, and she eased up, smiling. She really couldn't help but being happier under him, as he was such a good patriarch. Strong, powerful and fierce on the battlefield. Kind, gentle and genuinely caring of it. A truly nice guy through and through. He looked at her with a warm smile. So where's that Zeno girl of yours? The way she was carrying you around on the bride, on the bridge, I thought she for sure she would have scuttled you off somewhere for a little quiet time together. He asked and Rose felt herself blush. Before she could stop herself, the words just came tumbling out of her mouth like rain out of a cloud. Well, um, we haven't actually done anything like that just yet. We only just got together just before the call went out. We were kind of on a date together, and I mean, she actually agreed to be my girlfriend, and I can't help but think I'm utterly in love, even after only just one date. But I don't know. How... How do you know to propose something like that? I mean, isn't it a bit too soon? She said, utterly aware of the fact that she was babbling. 
But Ryan just smiled and placed a huge hand on her shoulder and gently squeezed, instantly calming her down. It's all right, young one. There's no rush. It'll happen when it feels natural. That you can count on. Love's a funny thing. In all my years walking this life, I've seen a great many types of it, and it never fails to warm my heart with each one. Just look over there. Cuddlebug is one of the fiercest warriors you'll see on the battlefield. Belladon are utterly unstoppable when they get going. Natural berserkers, every one of them. Most of them, utterly fearless and powerful as hell. But throw one of their girls a vulnerable human boy and they turn into a puddle. I mean, just look at her. She can't get enough of being near him. And he's already the same. Those two are made for one another. She's got all the strength and he's got all the need to keep him feeling safe and protected. And to give him someone to love and trust. And for her, he's got all the human cuteness that she's ever going to need. Boy, that buys him for a serious surprise when he finds out my father quartered him up with her deliberately. You can almost promise that she's going to be down at the quartermaster's ordering a new bed. And he'll be down the docks trying to get his smile surgically removed from his face. He said softly, and Rose couldn't help but burst out laughing at that. Is it really for possible for a human and a belladon to, um, you know, have sex? She asked, and Ryan grinned at her, drawing his mandibles up in that heartwarming way he did. If he, she liked boys in that way, he'd definitely be at the top of her list. You're wondering if this, because of the size difference, right? Yes, and she nodded. I mean, I just kind of wonder what, for instance, a belladon would, you know, get out of it? I mean, surely a belladon guy has got to be a lot bigger than a human in that department, right? So is she even going to, you know, feel him inside her? Rose said, stumbling over her words. She always got embarrassed talking about sex. But Brian's easygoing manner just made it a lot easier for her. You'd be surprised. Actually, yeah, Belladon guys do tend to be longer, but they're thinner than humans in that department. And the length difference isn't really all that great. And humans got two big pluses going for them there. Belladon girls have really powerful muscles down there. They can tighten up, like, really tight. So them having a human with his flared tip in there is at a heaven for them, or so I'm told. Ironically, and don't ask me how this worked, the Belgian guys seem to fit human girls better. The human girls like the extra bit of length without it being too wide to hurt them, and the Belladon girls like the extra width with a conical tip. Plus then you add in some bright spark showed Belladon girls what human oral sex was. I'm utterly convinced it was one of the human-loving Yeshuda girls, I might add. And the news sped like wildfire in their community. Our internet lit up like a firework with requests for examples of human oral sex techniques, among other things. Next thing we know, we have Belladon girls and boys off hunting for their human soulmates. Just as well, Clan Mason has plenty of pure-blood humans to go around, really. Fortunately, the Belladon have plenty to go around as well. I know it sounds like they all switch sides, but don't worry. There are loads of Belladon-loving Belladons as well. I mean, everyone's happy. Just look at Cuddlebug. I've never seen her smile so much. She's going to love the holy living hell out of that boy and he'd better be ready because Belladons love like they live. Large, he said, smiling at her. Rose couldn't help but laugh at that. 
She turned her attention to Leroy, who'd just been scooped up into, Bell, into Cuddlebug's arms again. And that's when, just completely out of nowhere, he surprised her and made the big, gentle warrior girl's lifetime because he reached up with a tender hand, stroked her face. And when she looked down, he kissed her right on the tip of her muzzle. The smile that lit up that big girl's face was like watching the sun rise for the first time. Just pure beauty and joy all rolled into one. What did I tell you? Love is neither fast nor slow. It's neither easy nor hard. It just is. And what it is, is beautiful. He, like us, is a dream warrior. So, he knows how to see her heart, and obviously she knows how to see him. He wants her to know that he feels the same way that she does. Better to show your heart. Well, save one anyway, he said with a wink. That made Rose both smile and blush a bit. You think it'll be like that for me and Jet? That easy, I mean. She asked, and Ryan grinned broadly. The pair of you are two of a kind, kid. It was obvious to everyone on the bridge that you were made for one another. Two hearts from two different stars reached out across the darkness and found one another, wrapped their light and their warmth together, and from that union burned a love, brighter than the sum of their stars lining up the dark, lighting up the dark. Ryan said, and was utterly melted inside at that. That's beautiful. Did you come up with that? She asked and he shook his head. My sister did. She used to describe how my mother and father met and it always struck with me. My true love was a pure blood Yejuta girl and hers was a human. Now both of us are waiting to see the day when we'll see them again in the eternal hunt. They're where we know they'll be waiting for us, he said softly. I'm sorry, she said sadly and he smiled and shook his head. Not your fault, kiddo. Shen, my Shenna lived and loved with a fire and passion that lit up my life, and that light of hers is always with me right here, and one day her arms will be around me again. So I'm not sad. She died a hero to me and to many. So no regrets. That's how I know that pretty Zeno girl so yours is going to love the ever-living death out of you. So you'd be better be ready to love her right back in exactly the same way. Hide nothing from her and give her everything that you are. Trust me when I say there's no bigger beauty in life than just the first time you trust someone so completely that you surrender your true self to them and to have them treat you like you're their greatest treasure. That's how I know, kiddo. Because you look at her the same way I looked at my Shenna, like nothing else in the world matters but her, he said, bringing a tear to Rose's eyes. Suddenly an idea struck Rose and she wiped away the tear that looked around all the faces in the room. We should really celebrate being alive, you know. We should have a disco, get everyone dancing. Nothing gets love flowing than jumping around like an idiot with other people. She said, and Ryan bellowed a sudden laugh and nodded. I knew there was a reason I like you, kid. You're full of crazy good ideas. Let's fucking do it. I hit sell her up and get her down here, her saviours down here. Have them rig up a sound system. We'll get this place jumping, just you watch. I know just the person to play DJ too, he said grinning. And Rose looked at him curiously, wondering who. He just tapped the space where his nose would be if he'd been a human, before turning and heading off. Rose stood there, feeling confused for a moment, before Ryan and his sister reappeared. God only knows where the hell they'd found speakers so quickly, but they were both carrying some seriously heavy-duty-looking military-grade versions of them. 
Suddenly Rose's heart skipped a series of beats. This was actually happening. They were going to have a fucking disco. Seller and her saviour set everything up while Ryan came back with a rather confused-looking human male called Robin with a shock of red hair. With a mark of his uniform, he was one of the hunters. He was explaining what he wanted him to do, and Robin shrugged and nodded before heading up to the platform that had been set up for him and fired up what appeared to be a set of holographic decks. Shit, she had to get jet now. Like, right fucking now. Rose ran the length of the ship using her newly unlocked senses to avoid people and moving like a small human-shaped bullet. Jet was just about to get off her duty in the medical bay where she was working with Dr. Zarchi. When she arrived, she just found Zarchi set, setting out a few things into the centrifuge. But Kakasa was with her. Jet was standing there putting away some instruments. Whoa, Jesus, kid, you scared the hell out of me appearing like that. Picasso exclaimed, nearly reaching for his sidearm. Sorry, Picasso. Um, Dr. Zarchi, is it cool if I snatch away Jet from you? Rose said breathlessly, and Zarchi eyed her, interested and curious. Sure, but what's the rush? she asked. I talked to Ryan into putting a disco on in the mess hall. It's going to be crazy. I want to really see my gorgeous girl shake her tail. Rose said, turning to smile at Jet, who looked so happy and excited that she looked like she might burst. What's a disco? she asked, which just told Rose she was just happy because she wanted to spend time with her, and that made her even happier. A disco? Oh, hell yes, Doc. Grab your coat. Rose ain't the only one who wants to see his gorgeous girl shake their pretty tail. Picasso said, grabbing the startled Scalathol girl and whisking her off in the direction of the mess hall. Jet grabbed Rose's hand and the pair ran through the ship yelling disco as they ran. As they reached the mess hall, word had already begun to spread through the ship like wildfire and the place was filling up fast. The tables and the rest of the room had already been cleared to create one big dance floor in the middle of the room. Everyone was standing around looking expectant when Riot fired up the mic in his helmet, which he put on and switched on some torch lights for added effect. All right, people. Big shout out to Patriarch Ray and the Matriarch for putting out this on for us. My name's Robin. I'm going to be pumping out the tunes, mainly from Earth, as there's one thing we humans do well, is get everyone shaking their tails, even if you don't have one. So let's get this party started. And for the first one of those girls who are, whose idea it was to make all this happen, or more specifically, it's for a lucky, lucky Xeno girl, Jet. This is a real golden oldie from Earth. Sugar by Robin Schultz. He said with the two spotlights on his helmet picked out Rose and Jet out of the crowd, lighting them both up and the cheering started as the music began to boom from the speakers. I don't know how to dance, Jack exclaimed as everyone began to sway to the tune and jump to the bass. Rose reached out and took her nervous but excited Zeno girl's beautiful hands in hers. She looked truly amazing in her lab gear. Just follow my lead, okay? Don't worry, I got you, baby. She said, feeling her confidence swell as the music began to take her. The big air began to move in tandem. It was like she could feel Jet without touching her. Her energy ebbed through her and just took her along with it. And she did the same. Rose spun around Jet, shaking her hips tantalisingly as she did, cocking her rear in a circle at her swaying. Jet copied that, and as she did, her tail flicked up to show off her amazing rear end at her. The evolved Xenogenus were definitely more feminine than regular ones. Jet's rear end was even more feminine and sexier than her own. 
and with that long tail to draw your eyes to it, wow was the only word she could think of as the big Xeno girl looked over her shoulder at her playfully before coiling her tail around her and drawing her in to make her dance on her purposely. Rose put her hands on her hips and the pair moved in tandem. Jet let out a purr that Rose felt but didn't hear because everything was pounding with the music. Even with all the other species leaping and bouncing to the music, Rose just felt like it was just a pair of them in a private dance, just for one another. She didn't know how they were doing it, but it was like an energy was pulsing from her and hooking everyone around her, Jet included. And when she noticed, she saw multiple people dancing exactly the same way as them, including Picasso and Zachi, who now had her long tail coiled around her human's waist, as they danced on her, holding her close from behind. Suddenly a voice echoed in her mind. Now you see the power of a true tamer, little one. You're doing this. Your confidence and joy infects them. It makes them follow you even though they don't know it. They just feel it. Embrace it and let it happen. Let your love for Jet flow and watch what happens. It said she glanced up from Jet and saw Ryan in the crowd smiling at her, for, just like a shadow, he melted into the throng and vanished completely. So Rose did exactly as he said. She let go of her inhibitions completely, and it was just like somebody let off a love bomb in the room. People began to grab one another and dance on them. She saw it, the connections between all living things as clear as day. That's when she noticed the other Tamans in the re- room seeing what was going on, Instead of stopping it, they joined in, and the whole room became a dancing, gyrating interspecies love fest. There were battle angels shaking their tails for humans and Yajuta alike. Cuddlebug was jumping up and down with Leroy in her big arms, spinning on the spot, whirling him around while she screamed with joy and laughter. To her delight, she even saw the synthetics from Section 5 joining in. They were dancing in perfect sync, impressing everyone around them with their smooth moves. In fact, they only completed one number before they were descended on by amorous aliens who seemed to have lost all care of the fact that they only looked human. Not that they seemed to mind. They were obviously happy by the attention by all they were being given by all the amorous aliens. This is what happens when you unshackle love, young one. Remember it well, Ryan's voice said. Just before Jet spun on the spot, hoisted Rose up into the air using her claws to propel them into a high-speed spin using the force to push their heads together and jamming her sweet-tasting tongue into her mouth and snogging her while spinning with her in her arms. This one is for all you human lovers in the room, Robin yelled into the mic, a tune called Where All Those Humans At, which appeared to be a remix of a popular Earth tune from the olden days about girls and exactly where they were at. It resulted in one of the Halcraft girls leaping onto the stage, grabbing Robin and dancing with him on the stage, which got her a loud roaring cheer from her colleagues in the Halcraft. At the end of the song, she yanked his up his helmet and kissed him full-on mandible lock kiss right in front of everyone. In fact, the cheer seemed to spread around the room, as it was the point that Rose realised there wasn't a single same-species couple in the room now and even people who hadn't seemed to have anyone before seemed to be pairing off. As Robin managed to compose himself, barely, considering the big Halcraft girl showed no intention of moving from the stage, 
as she was stroking Robin's face before draping herself over his back while he rigged up the next song. Rose noticed a blonde human girl in the front row dancing with his juta male, and she grinned. Ryan was right. The love was spreading. She could feel it in her very soul, ebbing from everywhere. It was truly beautiful, and that the highest concentration seemed to be coming from Jet, who was still shaking her stuff with her, both of them bouncing on the spot, punching the air and yelling in happiness. That's when she noticed something else, something that brought a true smile of joy to her face. Ice was in there too, and she was dancing with liquid. Well, Blakely didn't have a clue what he was doing, but under Ice's gentle guidance seemed to be slowly getting the hang of it, shaking his stuff as Ice danced on him, blatantly making him flustered, but in a good way. It seemed that Robin had a real thing for old earth music. Most of this stuff Rose had never even heard of, but it really seemed to have the power to get everyone jumping. Even the Halcraft girl was bouncing on the stage behind him, punching her f one fist into the air and then the other, with each jump, bouncing from one foot to the other. She looked like a giant battle-hardened fangirl. But Robin seemed to just love it, jumping with her while also tended to the decks. They were a really talented bunch, these Guardian Corps hunters. Real good at multitasking. Rose suddenly became aware of Jet's head leaning right down onto her shoulder and the big Xeno girl scooped her up tenderly and began to nibble gently on the cleft of her right side of her neck, sending starbursts of pleasure through her. This was the first time that anyone had ever kissed her like that, and it made her actually melt inside. Is this a human mating ritual, my beautiful human? Because if it is, I like it, Jet purred very softly in her head. Before she even knew what she was saying, words were tumbling out of her. It can be. If you want it to be, she said breathlessly, her mind still trying to centre itself in the sensations rampaging through her. I want that more than anything else in this world, Jet said, moving her kiss up her neck until she was looking right into her eyes. Your quarters? Jet asked softly and Rose nodded silently. Words escaping her, she couldn't believe this was actually happening. She was going to make love with Jet tonight. She was going to be whole, finally, and it was all thanks to the most incredible creature, the one of the gods who chose to put into this universe. Jet never even hesitated, still dancing while she walked, twisting and turning. She danced her way to the edge of the crowd, but she also didn't put Rose down while she did. She chose to carry her in a kind of bridal carry against her chest. Once they were clear of the bouncing love fest, Jet strode confidently through the ship. But inside she was shaking, and Rose could feel it, thanks to her abilities connecting the two together. She was both excited and nervous as hell. She was exactly the same as her. Rose reached up and drew the big Xeno girl into a kiss. Don't worry, my beautiful Jet. You're going to be amazing. Just you wait and see, she said softly, and Jet's face cracked into a big smile that lit up her whole face. As they reached her quarters, Rose opened the door with both of them stepping inside, and instantly she would worry what Jet would think, as she was a slob, because it was kind of messy at times. A few items of clothing strewn here and there, but Jet never said a word about it, and it was at that moment that Rose realised that Jet simply didn't care any about that. She was happy just to be here with her. Jet smiled at her. 
Never in my life did I ever believe I would find myself in the arms of such a beautiful and wonderful human. I now know what my queen feels when she is with my king. It's like lightning striking my heart and exploding through it. When you look at me, never before would I have ever dared to dream that such a beautiful creature existed, let alone that you would look at me in this way. Now here you are, wanting and willing to be mine. I do not have the words to describe how happy and joyful I am. I was worried when I discovered that I liked females, and exclusively human females, that I would never be able to find anybody to return my feelings. But now, like my queen, I have my very own living, breathing angel, made human flesh, Jet said softly, and Rose's heart nearly exploded from her chest with joy. She literally jumped at Jet, making the big Zeno catch her as she flew through the air and wrapped her arms around her long neck as she planted her lips against her mouth and marvelling at the wonderful softness of it all. Oh, Jet, I feel exactly the same way about you. I lived my life thinking I wasn't worthy of love. I wasn't worthy of anybody. But the moment I saw you, I just knew. I just knew I would love you for the rest of my life. You shine with life and joy and it makes me want to cry with joy just because I get to look at you. But here I am now, in your arms, right now, right here. And I give myself to you, my jet. Everything I am. All for you and for no one else. Please be mine, and only mine, Rose said, and Jet's face cracked into a huge smile once again. It is already so, my Rose, she said, embracing her emotional girlfriend tightly and holding her both lovingly and protectively like she was trying to shield her from herself, from all her self-doubt and all her fears. She was a valiant Zeno knight, shielding her damsel from all the wood that would harm her or scare her, making a silent vow of protection and deepest love. Jet slowly walked towards her bed and laid down on it, making her heart pound like a jackhammer in her chest. This was it. It was going to happen. She was going to lose her virginity. And oh God, she was going to lose it to someone actually worthy of it. She couldn't wait to give her this sacred gift because she knew Jet would treasure it, just as she was going to treasure Jet's. May I undress you, my love? Jet asked softly, and Rose bit her lip, and her finger nodded. Jet loomed over, making her breath catch in her chest. She felt just so incredibly feminine as she Jet leaned in, with surprisingly dexterous and nimble fingers, she undid the clasps before lifting her top off her, pausing to admire her, then slipped her hands behind her and flicked her bra clasp, making it ping off with her fingers. She simply made the bra vanish like a magic trick. Rose's breath was raspy in her chest as she felt Jet's hot breath washing over her skin. Jet didn't pause. It was obvious she wanted to see all of her. Next thing to go were her shoes and then her socks. Jet's hands slid slowly up over her legs, proceeding by tingles chasing each other upwards. She unbuckled her pants and in one fluid movement both pulled, pulled both them and her panties down in one movement, leaving her laying completely naked as day she was born on the bed. Jet looked over her slowly. You're breathtaking, she said, and Rose looked up at her in surprise. T truly? 
she exclaimed and Jet smiled at her, very gently reached out and took her artificial hand and kissed it, sucking on each and every one of her artificial fingers and expanding, sending an explosion of joy right through her. I love every single part of you, my human delight. You light my very soul on fire, not to mention my heart and my lines. Jet said, sending a wash of both delight and arousal through her. My turn. I want to see my girl too, Rose said breathlessly, moving towards Jet and pulling her down onto the bed, moving over and shivering her own pleasure as Jack, Jet's hands ran over her back and her claws gently pricking her sensitive skin, making her gasp. Rose's fingers trembled with pleasure and anticipation as Jet just lay there and led her piece by piece. Rose threw her clothes across the room into the pile with her own until she was poised over her angelic, naked female Zeno, as she lay there looking shy. Suddenly, which was kind of funny, as Zeno's wearing clothes was actually kind of a new idea. Oh, wow, you're exquisite, Rose said, and before she had a chance to respond, Rose lowered her head and began to plant a series of soft kisses on her sweet-tasting hide, making Jet gasp, and Rose smiled as she watched her. Jet's inner mouth shot out to bite at the air as pleasure thrilled through her. Jet wanted, once spiked and she grabbed Rose and pulled her up her body so that she laid atop of her, looking right into her beautiful hue, face. I want you so badly, my love. Please, please let me pleasure you. Let me show you what my queen taught me to make you happy, Jet said with a brief less aching want in her voice that sent shivers down her spine. Your queen taught you how to please me? Rose exclaimed softly and Jet nodded. I asked her how to please a human female because I hoped beyond hope that this day would happen and asked her how to make you happy in bed, she said softly. Rose felt herself tearing up. No one had ever done something so beautiful for her as to go to someone else and ask them how to make her happy how to please her and to fill her joy the life with passion and joy. And that's just what Jet had done, showing exactly how much she cared for her and exactly what she meant to her. Okay, my Zeno princess, she said softly, and Jet positively beamed in joy. She took hold of Rose and rolled her, placed her on her back again, and slowly she lowered her head to the neck and began nipping and kissing at her sensitive flesh. Rose gasped in pleasure as Jet trailed kisses over her collarbone, trailed hot buzzing kisses towards her breast. Until, purest delight, Rose watched as one of her nipples vanished into Jet's inner mouth and it felt like a hot, wet vacuum had been attached to it, drawing it right out of her body as it hardened under the incredible pleasure. Rose moaned softly as Jet kept switching between her nipples, making her writhe in pleasure. She barely even noticed Jet's fingers trailing down her body until one hand slipped between under her arse and squeezed her buttocks, lifting her hips off the bed, at the same time slipping her other hand in between Rose's thighs and lightly trailing her fingers over her rapidly moistening womanhood, making a squeal of delight burst out of her as explosive pleasure erupted into her brain. Those fingers parted her lower lips and tenderly slipped between her swollen lips, and sought out a delicate and throbbing bud, teasing it from its hood, and sending flurries of the most incredible pleasure through her. Oh, Jet, 
Oh, squeals, running her hands over Jet's smooth domed head, relishing the feel of her smooth, warm hide. Jet smiled at her and then lowered her head and began to trail kisses down her belly and stomach. And she kissed lower and lower, as she used her impressive strength to lift her hips up higher, until she was nearly hanging upside down with her legs hanging over Jet's shoulders. And she felt powerful jets of hot breath running over her womanhood. Jet began to drag her inner mouth over her incredibly sensitive flesh, tasting her and making Rhodes squeal and writhe in the purest pleasure and ecstasy she'd ever dared to dream of, was being poured onto her like liquid gold by this incredible, loving, tender princess among women. That's when she took her clitoris into her inner mouth and Rose's brain just turned into pure mush. She couldn't think, she couldn't speak, nothing made sense or even mattered anymore. All that mattered was that feminine mouth chewing on the most sensitive part of her body, greedily revelling in the pleasure she was receiving from it. But she, just when she thought it couldn't get any better than this, Jet surprised her yet again. She used that pure pleasure as a shield to hide the one thing that Jet never wanted her to endure, which was pain. And using that intense pleasure as a master dead in it, she quick as a flash lined up, and like a hot fleshy torpedo, Jet's inner mouth pierced her and shot out of Jet's mouth and straight up into Rose's vagina, breaking through her hymen and kissing her womb, latching onto the neck of her womb with those tiny teeth, beginning to dance like a snake inside her. Rose had never felt anything like it. She'd never dreamed of anything like it. The pain from her hymen breaking was drowned in a sea of pleasure, which was what Jet exactly wanted to happen. She wanted to enjoy this, not be scared by it. And oh fucking boy, did it work. A big, soft, hot, fleshy inner mouth danced around like a dancing snake inside her, grinding her flesh against hers. The vagina did its best to squeeze the life out of it and to milk it. Before she knew what was happening, Rose had an explosive orgasm, which somehow Jet managed to bounce it through into another one, into two, and then into three, like bullets firing from a semi-automatic gun, a body loading up another one and firing off like a pleasure-hot-filled grenade exploding inside her womb. Screaming Jet's name at the top of her lungs, her whole body went ridges as a plank until she flopped like a boned fish. Which caused Jet to tenderly and gently lay her back down on the bed. She felt her inner mouth slide out of her before licking greedily over, hoovering up all her fluids, before she used the same thing to lick her mouth. And happily she forced her, her eyes open. Rose panted hard as she saw Jet smile at her as she crawled over her to wrap her in her whole body, not just her arms, to cradle her and nurse her through her vulnerability to let her know her mighty warrior Xeno Princess was there to protect her. Th thank you, my love. Thank you so, so much. I don't know what I did to deserve you, but God's above. I know I can never live without you now. You are the air that I breathe, and I love you so, so much, Rose said, clinging to Jet tightly. Jet soothed her and hissed softly and lovingly. I love you too, Rose. I never would have believed that I'd be worthy of a beauty like you. I adore you and I will always love you. I will always please you, I swear it to you. I will love and protect you forever, Jet said. I will love and protect you forever, 
Jet said, and Rose clung to her, trying to stop the tears before they burst out of her as hot joy made its way in liquid form down her cheeks. Rose recomposed herself finally as Afterglow warmed her. My turn now, my Xeno princess. My turn to show you what your little human will do for you now, he said, using the power of her cybernetic arm to roll her over onto her back. Before Jet had a chance to protest, she began to a quick flurry of kisses all over her, making her hiss and writhe as they sought out the sweet spots on the beautiful Zeno's hide to attack with joy and pleasure that she richly deserved. Kisses were quick and never in the same place twice. She darted them all over Jet's large body, moving them down until she pushed the big female Zeno's long legs apart and got her first glimpse of her sweet, tasty treats hidden from everyone but her. Soft, pale green flesh contrasted her jet black hide. Soft, pale green flesh contrasted her jet black hide and gave her a dripping aroused target to aim for as her beautiful alien sight drew her lips like a hummingbird being drawn to drink nectar from the sweetest flower. She didn't even hesitate. From the first lick where she drew her hot tongue from bottom to top, the sweet taste of her lover hit her and drowned her senses in joy as the big Zeno hissed and screeched in pleasure, writhing under her. She plunged in deep, filling the big Zeno's lower lips lock over hers, creating a perfect seal over her mouth as she plunged her tongue in deep as it would go, tasting every bit of exposed flesh she could find, lapping up every drop of sweet, jet sweet sugary nectar, making Jet screech in heavenly pleasure, finding her clit very quickly and sucking it into her mouth, combining her tongue, teeth and lips to make it overload as it worked. And just like someone pulling a trigger inside her, Jet's very first orgasm ever tore through her, sending a jet of hot sweet nectar straight down Rose's throat, making her drink it down greedily and very happily. Now it was Jet's turn to turn to be a gibbery, mushy mess, of glowing pleasure-soaked flesh in desperate need of cuddling and reassurance. As Rose pulled her mouth away, she noticed Jet donut-like shaped anus winking at her under her tail and smiled. Maybe, one day, she'd get to that part of her joy too. That would prove to her that she'd loved every single part of this woman. Moving up, her Jet grabbed her and yanked her into a huge hug. I love you. I love you. I love you, Rose. Jet said, sounding like she was crying, and it feeling that Rose knew very well that powerful, deep sense of profound joy in being utterly accepted and loved. I will never not love you, Jet. You're the best thing that's ever happened to me. And I'm sorry, big girl, but I'm keeping you now. No getting rid of this little human now. I'm going to cling to you for the rest of my life, she said. Nothing makes me happy in my heart, she replied. With that, Rose was drawn into putting her head down on her chest and the pure music of Jet's powerful heartbeat as the pair fell to sleep, clinging to one another. One pure whole made entirely of love, ebony and ivory, human and Zeno in purest loving harmony together as one. Something was happening in this room. Leroy could feel it, like an energy crackling in the air. He'd never seen anything like it in his life. His protector and his new best friend, Cuddlebug, who he'd tried to ask her a real name, had told him in no certain terms that she didn't like her real name and now preferred Cuddlebug, now insisting that he call her it 
of bouncing up and down like to the pounding energetic music with him in her arms like a doll. It was truly surreal to him. Only a couple of hours ago he'd have been a prisoner in his own mind, drowning in the horrors of what had been forced to see and to do by the vile excuse of a so-called goddess. To both Cuddlebug and the Dark Angel literally tore her from his mind, freeing him. Now here he was, in the middle of some kind of impromptu party that we were throwing for no real reason. He could feel the presence of others all around him like he'd been a prisoner in his own mind. He learned how to use his own abilities well. He'd paid his attention to Morrigan using his abilities for her own end, so he knew how to sense others like him and to reach out and even detect where they were. He also had a rather large grasp on the darker side of what these abilities could do, like soul-shredding, a rather vile ability that people like him had. It really didn't shred a person's soul, but what it did do was reach into the depths of their mind and find what their deepest, darkest fears were, and to flood their mind with the images of them. The results were a broken, gibbering mess of a sentient being who looked like someone who just had their soul torn into a million pieces, hence soul shredding. But from what he was feeling here, there appeared to be another variety of it as well, a far more beautiful and positive version. From places all around the room, certain individuals were tapping into the positivity of the room and into their own hearts and were flooding the room with it, with confidence and love. It was spreading faster than a damn virus he'd seen brought back everybody from the dead. But this, this was beautiful. It seemed to be affecting everyone and seemed to be definitely affecting his overly affectionate oversized friend as well. Once the track about humans and where they were at had ended, Robin, the DJ, who was now totally under the spell of one of the big and rather scary-looking Yashuta girls, who had leapt up onto the stage and was not only dancing with him, but had made a claim on him, right in front of everyone, put on another one about dancing with a stranger. It was a much slower track. It didn't involve jumping around like you'd gone crazy and ingested stimulants glazed with a fuck ton of sugar. Cuddlebug certainly seemed to like it, as she put him down with incredible confidence, which seemed to be enhanced by the energy flowing through the room. He figured he'd pinned down one of the culprits. It appeared to be one of the human females, a pretty young girl with a cybernetic arm, who was dancing with what appeared to be a female Zeno, and it was obvious that they were a pair by and a couple by the intimacy of their dancing. It was, um, suggestive. But when he looked at her, it was like she was glowing with golden energy that he knew only one like him could see. Thanks to Morrigan, Leeboy wasn't a bad dancer. It was one of her guilty pleasures right up there with torturing people. Though this one, she'd only done in private. She liked doing it with his body, his real body, in front of a mirror in her private chambers as well as using a non-corporeal form in his mind. She liked to dance on his body while he remained chained, unable to move. But this was vastly different. Cuddlebug, despite her size and incredible mass and strength, was truly a gentle creature, a woman of beauty who championed the strength of tenderness. She was kind of insistent in a way that someone could imagine to be pretty dominant in some ways. She was a wonderful contrast. On one hand, she seemed sorry and nervy, but when she got an idea in her head, fuck all could shift it. 
like she wanted to pick him up and carry him. There was fuck all you could do or say to dissuade her. If she wanted to carry you, you were damn well being carried. But right now she was displaying a sensual, bordering on erotic side that she, he didn't know she had. It was kind of hard to think of her being her size in a sexual or sensual light, given that she was huge compared to him. But when she was spinning on the spot with her arms folded above her head, eyes closed, biting her lower lip, while she rolled her wide hips in a slow circles, it was hard not to see it, especially when it nearly hits you in the face with an ass big enough for you to jam your head between the cheeks and lose it. Cuddlebug was a big girl in every department, standing close to nine feet tall, with arms and legs that looked like they could punch or kick her way through a starship hull. A kind of round belly that was feminine in shape, but somehow was utterly solid, with washboard abs on the front of it. A breast looked like they weighed more than he did. Then there was her ass. It was utterly perfect bubble butt that looked huge but fit her size perfectly. The head reminded him of a cow somewhat. Short muzzle with a large flat teeth inside it. A pink flat nose at its tip with flecks of white and bright pink skin. Soft brown and white fur covered her from head to toe. Or rather hoof. As instead of she feet she had two large hooves with digitigrade legs. Back to her head. She had two large curved horns that kind of coiled around her like Danish pastries on the side of her head. With sharp tips pointing forward. They were decorated with paints in vivid colours, like little charm-like ornaments wove onto them. She had two large hazel-brown eyes that shone with bright intelligence and gentle compassion. Her features, while they were truly alien, weren't unappealing. In fact, vast, despite their vast size differences, she was actually rather feminine and actually rather oddly attractive, which Leroy found kind of surprising. She was pretty, I couldn't figure out why exactly. But then really did it matter at the end of the day. Now he was watching her dance, watching as the large beach balls. She was trying to hide down the back of her pants. Of soft looking fat that hid pure solid muscles which caused her rather perfect dimples in both of them. It seemed to mesmerise him and to be fair, that was lower chest height. It was kind of hard not to look especially when her tail came up like a rope and coiled around him, pulling him against it, making him sway and turn with her. He had no choice but to reach out and grab her hips, which he had no chance of getting his arms fully around to stop himself from falling. It also caused his face to smack right into her ass. He felt a tremendous tremor pass through him that stemmed from her, and her tail tightened on him, holding him against her so that the pillow-soft cheeks of her rear end was jammed against his chest, feeling her flesh spread out against him. She made a soft guttural braying noise and felt her push her large rear further into him while pulling him in with her tail and spreading out even more of her flesh against him. Leroy could feel his heart pounding in his chest. He was feeling a vivid mixture of emotions here. She was feeling... He was feeling a powerful sense of creeping arousal from being pressed tight to an exotic and powerful, beautiful female like this. At the same time, he did not like the feeling of being restrained here. It reminded him greatly of being restrained by Morrigan, of feeling helpless and powerless under the thumb and control of someone else. 
Now he knew that Cuddlebug wasn't trying to hurt him or torment him, but it was conflicting him. When the song finished, Cuddlebug released him and then she turned around with a big, beautiful smile on her face, which vanished the moment she saw his face and realised something was wrong. Is Leroy okay? she asked in her heavily accented voice, leaning down and placing a big hand to his cheek, which was big enough to encase half of his face in its soft warmth. It was like a panic began to well up inside him and he didn't know where it was coming from. He wasn't restrained any more. He was free, but instantly his breathing became laboured and hard. Suddenly surrounded by all these people, was making him feel incredibly claustrophobic. And he began to look for an exit to run to, and Cuddlebug instantly felt it by touching his mind with her abilities, and he saw an instant change in her. And before he could say a word, she scooped him up. Come, we go. Cuddlebug, protect, she said, and using her incredibly powerful mass, she waded through the cheering people like a bulldozer made of flesh. She didn't knock anyone over or hurt anyone, but she cleared right through them like an icebreaker until they were clear of the mess hall. And then she sensed that he wanted to be released and to her absolute credit because of his abilities, felt her fighting her powerful desire to keep cradling him against his burning need to feel free. But she put him down all the same. Leroy's safe. Leroy is okay. No one hurt or teak Leroy. Cuddlebug nor let them. Cuddlebug fight for Leroy. Cuddlebug protect, she said in a deep, rumbly and proud-sounding voice. The way she spoke might make her sound stupid to some people, but Leroy knew that wasn't the case. She was incredibly intelligent. She spoke English without a translator, which is why she spoke the way she did. Her language, which she'd heard her speak when she was showing him off to her other Belladon on board, was incredibly fast-paced language and incredibly complex as well. But she struggled with English and its vowels and syntax. But she tried her very best to learn it the old-fashioned way rather than relying on some translation hardware and software. Leroy could feel himself hyperventilating and that deep-seated panic pissed him off because he knew he had nothing to fear from these people or from her. The big, gentle Belladon girl saw it and she reached down and took his hand in hers. Come, Leroy, come, we go home, she said, and began to lead him by the hand like a child, despite the fact that biologically he was undoubtedly a hell of a lot older than her. But thanks to Morrigan's power, his age had been frozen for the entire time, during the time of being in charge of him. This was the first time he'd seen her quarters, We'd be staying during his time here. Jack had told Cuddlebug where they were staying, and when she did, she got very happy and excited, though he didn't know why. He just, as he'd never told him, just simply smiled at him and told him not to worry. Cuddlebug led him to the large door and pressed her hand to the scanner next to it, and she did the large door open and she led him inside, and he looked around the room which appeared to have fresh human-sized clothes in a pack on a large desk. There was a large bed that looked neatly made, and looked big enough for Cuddlebug's huge frame. It's a bit bigger than a single, but not quite a double. But it did look roomy, and that's when it clicked in his head. He was bunking with Cuddlebug. They'd put him in her room, so she could look after him. Cuddlebug led him to the bed, and with her huge hand scooped him by the waist and placed him on it so he was sat down. She went and pulled a glass of water from her food dispenser, and brought it to him before sitting down next to him, making the bed creak a bit. 
and also making him lean towards her, forcing him to rest against one of her huge thighs inside. Is Leroy scared of Cuddlebug? She asked, sounding rather sad. No, I'm not scared of you, Cuddlebug. I'm just sorry I ruined your fun. I got scared when I couldn't move. It reminded me of being in chains all those years. I'm sorry, Cuddlebug, he said, sounding as pissed off with himself as he felt. He sipped the water and trying to calm himself down. She turned to face him and lifted her big thigh up onto the bed. She reached over and lifted his chin with one of her fingers so that he forced to look at her bright eyes. Cuddlebug would never hurt Leroy. Not ever. Cuddlebug would die to make Leroy safe and happy, she said in a powerful voice that made him believe her. Why? Why would you die for me? I did horrible things. I'm not worthy of your life, Cuddlebug. You're a wonderful person who lights up a place just by being in it. I can see that even after only knowing you for a day, he said. She grabbed his face with both of her hands and encased his head in, but not powerfully, just very gently. Listen good to Cuddlebug, Leroy. You was not you, was Morrigan, bad, evil goddess. You prisoner, you have no control. You not bag. Cuddlebug, see in your head. Leroy is beautiful, Leroy is good, Leroy is gentle. Leroy was just lost and sad and scared and alone. Leroy made mistake by trusting bad person because she lied to Leroy. This not make Leroy bad, is just make Leroy normal, she said very defiantly. Before he could stop himself, Leroy felt that only could be described as a dam breaking inside him and began to sob like a child. It was a mixture of grief over what had been done with his body, but the other half of what she'd said. The others didn't hold him responsible, no sooner the tears began to flow. Cuddlebug instantly pulled him from his seat and placed him in her lap pulled his head into her huge bust, using them like giant flesh-filled pillows. Thank you. Thank you so, so much, he sobbed softly. She clung to him protectively. Cuddlebug is sorry, Leroy. She not meant to scare him, only wanted to dance with him close. Got excited and wanted Leroy to touch her. Did not mean to restrain him and take him away his ability to move, or make him sad and scared. Will not do it again. Cuddlebug does not mean to be this way, she said, and he shook his head very vigorously. No, don't you dare be sorry for being you, Cuddlebug. You're the most wonderful, beautiful and gentle person I know. I know you didn't mean to scare me or hurt me. I freaked out because it triggered a bad memory. But don't you dare change who you are or how you act around me. You saved me, Cuddlebug. Your most wonderful nature didn't just pull me from the dark of my mind. Since I freed you by you and the angel, you just kept me in the light, he said defiantly. Cuddlebug looked absolutely amazed at his outburst and his words. She looked down shyly. You think Cuddlebug is beautiful? She asked in an incredibly shy sounding voice. You kidding, big girl? Look at you. You're amazing, you're like a freaking Amazon crossed with a Minotaur from human mythology. All his strength, power and principle all wrapped up in a hide that looks both feminine and amazing. So don't ever dare let anyone ever say anything else. Because you are beautiful inside and out, he said, and now she looked like she might cry. He was worried he'd offended her. What is 
Amazon, she asked, indicating she knew what a minotaur was. An all-female tribe from human mythology, they were incredibly strong, powerful and beautiful. All-female warriors that destroyed anyone who went up against them. They were like these big, beautiful, ripped girls, kind of like you, he said, smiling at her. For someone who was so big, Cuddlebug moved like lightning when she wanted to. Like she did right in this instance when she lunged her face forward and smashed her big mouth to his, making his mouth open to gasp as her huge tongue shot right into his mouth, filling it with an incredible tasting organ. She had his he held his head still while she held him in this surprise and incredibly deep kiss. It truly overwhelmed and overloaded his senses, turning his mind to mush. His tongue was totally overpowered, hers coiling and tasting every single inch of his mouth and cheeks, filling his mouth. The saliva was thicker than his and tasted kind of metallic, but not unappealing. In fact, quite the opposite. He was utterly overwhelmed by what was happening to him, and Cuddlebug held him tight. And when she released him, a strand of thick saliva joined their mouths, and they both panted. Finally, Cuddlebug gets to taste a pretty human. Finally, Cuddlebug finds human who thinks she is beautiful to him as she thinks he is beautiful to her. Cuddleboy thinks Leroy is most beautiful human she ever sees. He is very pretty to look at, but he is beautiful inside. He is gentle and kind. He sees people as they are and is not afraid to say it to them. No one ever calls Cuddlebug beautiful before, but Leroy does not hesitate to say it. She said, nuddling her cheek against his. That's because you are beautiful, Cuddlebug. Anyone who can't see that is either blind or a fool, he said, and she held him tighter against her. Cuddlebug's people were saved by humans and by the Zuter of Guardian Corps. They come and saved us when no one else would. Helped save us. They took us from dying world and gave us new home. Belladon never see humans before. We think they pretty angels come to save Belladon from evil. Cuddlebug thinks you are beautiful angel. She wishes to belong to Leroy, and Leroy to belong to her. Would Leroy wish this too? She asked hesitantly. You want to belong to me? He asked, feeling confused. She seemed to look for the right words before her face lit up, and she found them. Mates. Human call girlfriend, boyfriend. Cuddlebug Leroy wants to be Cuddlebug's boyfriend, and Cuddlebug will be Leroy's girlfriend so they can be happy together, do wonderful, nice things together. Will Leroy be Cuddlebug's boyfriend? She asked, making his heart leap like about like a yo-yo. He was one day into freedom, and he had this incredible alien Amazon asking to be his girlfriend. You want to be my girlfriend? He exclaimed, and she nodded eagerly. He felt like crying again. But he forced himself to look into her as beautiful and hopeful female's eyes and he nodded. I don't honestly know why in the name of hell you would want me, Cuddlebug, a broken mess and shell of a human being. But if that's what you want, I'm not going to say no to you. If you want me, I'm yours, he said softly and Cuddlebug literally exploded, bouncing up and down on the bed, yelling happily, bouncing him in her powerful lap at the same time. Cuddlebug has beautiful human... Finally, Cuddlebug has prettiest human of all to be hers, she exclaimed before jamming him into an even happier and deeper kiss than before, 
literally licking every single inch of the inside of his mouth again. Suddenly, before Leroy knew what was happening, Cuddlebug flipped him off a lap and onto the bed, where he bounced for a moment before she fell on him and pinned him down by gripping his wrists and leaning herself over him, nuzzling the side of his face, obviously trying to dispel any anxiety he might be feeling. Cuddlebug has such wonderful ideas of things she wants to share in life with Leroy, but tonight she wants to show Leroy how very, very beautiful she thinks he is. Cuddlebug has waited whole life to lavish love on perfect human. Now she has perfect human and cannot wait to begin. Please let her show Leroy the love he deserves, she said softly, taking his ear at low between her big flat teeth and incredibly gently grinding it. Not to cause pain, but to send a flurry of shivers down his spine. Something that until this very day he was utterly aware, unaware of. Pleasure. It was something that Morin had totally denied him through the entire length of his life. So now this sensation was truly new to him. And she moved and began to nip at his neck with those huge flat teeth before licking the bite sights with her long tongue overwhelming his mind again. Leroy had no idea what the incredible alien Amazon saw in him, but he could see the yearning and desire burning in her bright eyes when she brought her head up to look at him right in the eyes. Cuddlebug has never done this with human before. She has wished her whole life for human to do this with, would want to do this with her. Now she finds him and she does not wish to wait another second. Please, my Leroy, let me make him happy, show him what he means to her. She has studied so very much, so that she, when she found her perfect human, she would be able to do it and not hurt him. Other Belladon were lucky to have humans write how to do it safe on internet. Will not hurt Leroy, would never hurt Leroy, she said, her voice desperate and breathless. And suddenly she realised this beautiful and gentle creature was utterly desperate to prove herself to him, to show him how truly deeply she cared for him and how much she loved him. And how much, how could he review such a beautiful and pure offer? If you want me, big girl, then go ahead. I'm yours now, he said softly, and the biggest, happiest, sweetest smile he'd ever seen in his life lit up the face of this big Belladon girl. She realised not only had he accepted her offer, but had offered himself to her too. Rising up onto her big knees, she began to reach down and began to remove his clothing. He could actually feel the trembles in her fingers as she did it. She was so nervous and excited now. It was hard to believe that such a big and powerful creature such as her could be scared by him. But swiftly she realised she was scared of disappointing him. Honestly, here, if anyone should be scared of disappointing someone, it should be him. He had no idea how the hell they were even going to fit together. How the hell was he supposed to please a girl this size? But he was willing to try, not because only did he realise that he cared deeply for her already, even after one day, but he realised that he wanted a reward for taking such good care of him, and was willing to do anything he could to make this big, beautiful woman happy, because she was such a wonderful, kind, caring, gentle creature that deserved to drown in purest joy every day, because the universe needed so many more cuddlebugs in it. Slowly he took hold of her giant trembling hands. She looked confused as she was struggling to remove his shirt. He gently lifted them and kissed every single finger. Let me help you, 
he said softly, letting go. He gently pulled his shirt off, exposing his bare chest to her, and a big smile lit her beautiful face. Leroy gets more beautiful by minute, she said happily, placing her large warm hands onto his chest and rubbing them over his smooth pale white skin. She leaned down from where she was knelt on the end of the bed, and he shivered at the feeling of her soft, incredibly hot lips. She trailed kisses, and the feel of her incredible tongue as well as she licked his tender flesh, making him squirm and shiver in pleasure that blew into his brain. Mmm, Leroy tastes so sweet, his skin so wonderful, so soft, so tasty. Cuddlebug could look, touch and lick Leroy forever and be happy. She said softly, she continued to run her hands over him, touching every inch of his bare chest before kissing it slowly and softly. Please let me touch you too, Cuddlebug, Leroy said breathlessly. He'd absolutely no clue what pleasing women really meant. It was one of the things that Morrigan loved to taunt him with, that she, as a woman, got to touch far more women than he ever would, and how he'd never get to feel it. Cuddlebug lifted her big head from his chest and gave him a big smile. Of course Leroy can touch Cuddlebug. Leroy can touch Cuddlebug wherever Leroy wants. Cuddlebug will never say no because Cuddlebug wants Leroy to touch. She said then in one fluid movement she leaned back and pulled her top. And the big belladon precise bra which Leroy was sure could double up as either a hammock or a human sized hanging love seat in an emergency off and threw it where she'd thrown his clothes. Her fur looked as smooth as silk, and as he suspected, it covered every inch of her. But as her massive breasts fell free, with a plop noise, he saw black-skinned nipples poking out of it. He drew his hand like magnets. As Cuddlebug leaned forward and gave him easy access, they swung forward, he sank his hands right into her velvet soft fur and her nipples filled both his hands. No sooner as his sensitive fl hot flesh hit his hand, she let out a low moan that sounded almost like a moo noise. And both surprised and delighted Leroy. He teased them, squeezing them almost like trying to milk her, and her body responded instantly, making her moan again. Oh, Leroy, Cuddlebug likes this. Please do not stop, she moaned huskily. Couldn't believe how forward and inhibited she was. And rather refreshing and confidence-inspiring. He could feel her want radiating off her thanks to his abilities. And he knew, given that she was one of his kind, she was feeling his too. Maybe that's why she was able to move on him so quickly. Because she already knew deep in her heart that he would respond positively. Suddenly she, he became aware that behind the shield of her furry flesh... Her hands were undoing his pants and in one movement, like a practised and skilled illusionist, his pants and underwear vanished and appeared in the pile on the other side of the room. And he felt Cuddlebug's warm, soft hands running up over his lower abdomen. Oh, Leroy is even more beautiful than Cuddlebug ever dared to dream. Leroy is Cuddlebug's perfect human, she said. And Leroy laughed softly and a little bitterly. I'm a skinny, shy, terrified guy who's hundreds of years old, stuck in the body of an 18-year-old. I'm far from perfect, Cuddlebug, he replied, and she lifted her big head to look him right in the eye, and she turned his head through his hand so he couldn't look away.
low. Leroy does not say this. Leroy is perfect to Cuddlebug. Cuddlebug will prove to him. She will prove what love is. And love is pure. She said with such pure passion that it filled Leroy's heart with joy. That's when she got up off the bed, turned around and undid her own trousers, pulling them down her huge legs and revealing the rest of her beautiful body to him. In fact, he had an incredible view of her amazing big rear end as she pulled them down over her legs, revealing her huge cheeks as she lift, as she saw her tail lifting high, swishing, giving him little glimpses of what she had hidden underneath. As she turned around, he noticed two things. One, that the first surrounding her womanhood, which peeked out between her large thighs, was darker. It took him a moment to realise it was because it was damp and just not naturally darker. And the second, that she, was, she looked shy. So, what does Leroy think? Does Cuddlebug please him? She asked softly. He sat bolt upraised and looked in her amazement. Are you kidding, Cuddlebug? You're a freaking Amazon. Goddess made flesh, and you're asking me for you please me? I'm fucking honoured just to be in your presence, let alone to get to see you naked. He exclaimed as his honesty rose to the surface. A huge smile lit her pretty face right up, and she dove forward onto the bed, knocking him back down flat, but at the same time keeping the vast majority of her weight off him in case she hurt or him, crushed him. But it wasn't hard to see how Belladon could basically be a living battering ram if they wanted to be. It could feel the incredible power in her muscles. Though because of this way she'd landed on him, his hands accidentally went straight to her amazing arse and grabbed both her cheeks, sinking his hands into the incredible soft fat to the incredible muscle underneath it. She let out a bray of joyous want, and her eyes lit up, and she looked at him. Leroy belongs to Cuddlebug now, and Cuddlebug belongs to Leroy. All Cuddlebug is she gives to Leroy freely and willingly, she said happily, for locking him one of those overwhelming mouth-filling kisses of hers, with a long tongue filling his mouth completely. Um, Cuddlebug, I haven't got a clue what to do here, as I've never done anything like this before. Is there anything you want me to do? Please ask me and I'll do it for you, he said nervously as he felt Cuddlebug's intensity growing with each passing second. She looked thoughtful before smiling a little shyly, but she, happily. Cuddlebug sees something in videos of human-loving Belladon that Belladon only can get from human as Belladon males never do this for females because horns making it hard. But humans can do for their females and Cuddlebug always wishes to know what it feels like, she said. Leroy nodded. Okay, describe it for me and I'll do it for you, he said, and she beamed from horn to horn. She pushed him back down flat on, the, on his back, gently but firmly. Then crawling up him, she planted a large knee either side of his head, giving him an incredible view right up into her treasure, which, as she watched, opened like a flower as she moved, her knees apart wide in order to lower it down to him, without resting any of her weight on him. The outer lips were as black as the night itself, but as they parted they revealed bright pink and incredibly soft-looking inner lips, which hid a surprisingly small-looking hole right underneath it all. In fact, it was so tight he wanted beginning to wonder if he could actually push his pinky finger into it. The whole thing glistened with her nectar, making it sparkle like dew-covered flower in the morning sun. Cuddlebug wants Leroy to lick her with his tongue, please. 
Leroy takes Cuddlebug's treasure, she said breathlessly, and she could actually feel the tremors of excitement and anticipation passing through her, right through into the bed. Not wanting to disappoint her, he lifted his head from the pillow, a couple of inches that was required for his face to meet her flesh and fur. He inhaled a deep breath of intoxicating scent, and it muddled his brain, like knocking back five shots of whiskey on the run. Before he knew what he was doing, his primal instincts jumped into the driver's seat of his brain and began flipping switches. His tongue left his mouth and ran from bottom to top, making Cuddlebug squeal in delight as an oversized schoolgirl. The taste was like nothing he'd ever experienced, and the only thing he could imagine it was like licking a fleshly mown grass. It was fresh and very slightly bitter, but very far from unpleasant. Cuddlebug moaned loudly. She exclaimed, Oh, Leroy, this feels wonderful. More, do not take this from Cuddlebug, she exclaimed loudly. He obeyed, plunging his tongue in even more, locking his mouth to her inner lips in like a deep kiss, letting his tongue squirm and explore her burning flesh, desperate to taste every inch of her. As it turned out, this was utter natural at this. It was only seconds he had Cuddlebug squirming and twisting, began to grind her womagrunt against his face, coating the whole thing in a generous coating of her nectar. Even his hair, as it was pouring out of her, she squealed and brayed loudly in pleasure. He could actually feel it pulsing through her body like electric shocks. Before he even knew what was happening, Cuddlebug let out a tremendously loud bray noise and pressed her woman down, pushing his head into the pillow and holding it there while she filled his mouth with a pints of her nectar, forcing him to swallow it or drown in it. After she rolled out the waves of her very first orgasm, Cuddlebug lit up like a fireworks display. She quickly shuffled her big rear back down in his body, keeping him pinned in place with her big hands on his chest. That was most un wonderful thing Cuddlebug ever feels in life, as given to her most, most beautiful human in her life. She wishes to repay for favour, but for a moment she cannot wait a moment longer. Cuddlebug must have Leroy. Please, Leroy, let Cuddlebug have what she yearns for, she said, her breathless voice begging him desperately. As she reached her destination, she realised what she meant. Her wet sex began to grind against his own, coating it in her juices and his remaining saliva. If you want me, take me, Cuddlebug. But please, be gentle. I'm not strong like you. If you lose control, you could really hurt me here. And I've lived a life of nothing but pain. So please don't hurt me, he said quietly, and lowered his head until it... It was seized by big hands and lifted back up again, made to look into her bright, desire-filled eyes. Cuddlebug would never hurt Leroy, not now, not ever. And if anyone ever did, Cuddlebug would hunt them down and kill them, would make them die in screaming agony for what they do to her precious male. Cuddlebug will love and protect Leroy for life, because Leroy gives Cuddlebug the gift she has prayed for, the gift of Leroy. She said in a very determined voice. He nodded, smiled. He turned and kissed her fingers. Worry not, beautiful Leroy. Cuddlebug will always be gentle, she said. And with that, she lifted up and reached under herself, lifting his throbbing hot manhood. She peeled back his foreskin instinctively before brushing her piping hot lips with his sensitive tip, 
causing him to hiss in pleasure, which made her smile, and then with one powerful slick movement, she took the whole thing, engulfing him into herself. It was super tight, like a hot liquid silk clamp on him, and squeezing him, drawing him ever deeper until he was buried to the hilt inside her. The look on her face said it all, her tongue lolling out of her mouth as she appeared to have gone cross-eyed. Perfect. Leroy is perfect for Cuddlebug. He fits perfect. She exclaimed joyfully. She groaned her hips in a figure-of-eight movement, stirring her insides up with him, scraping his super-sensitive glands against her knobbly and incredible insides. There were bumps and ridges that groaned against him inside her. It was like nothing he ever imagined. Before he could even catch his breath or his thoughts, she began to rise and fall in a slow, rhythmic movement as she pumped his root, keeping as much of him inside her as she could. It was like nothing he could have ever imagined. He looked up at the big pleasure-soaked Belladon girl riding him, a big breast slapping against her chest with muted slaps because of her fur. He couldn't resist. He reached out and dove his hands into them, exploring everything he could until she decided to grip each large nipple in each hand, gently tugging and squeezing each of them, making Cuddlebug bray louder and louder as her movement sped up. She was amazingly controlled, and while he could feel her hips meeting, there was no weight whatsoever on him. Every movement was so controlled, but at the same time so purely wild, making him moan and gasp as her hot silken insides groaned over his flesh. She was squeezing the life out of him, and instantly he could feel the pleasure building to its apex. He knew she was going to wring his first orgasm out of him with her womanhood. Like the very first time she was going to climax was going to be inside of this incredible female. And by the feel of her movement, she was close too. Together, Leroy. Let Cuddlebug and Leroy come together, as they were meant to. She bellowed and with a force like nothing he'd ever imagined. His mind just went white, like it had just shut down. It just went to a place filled with pleasure and love and nothing else. And while that wasn't strictly true, right in the middle of this white world was one thing. Cuddlebug. He felt her insides grab him and milk every single drop of his hot, thick seed out of him. Somehow the vacuum of her flesh was so intense that not a single drop escaped her body. It drew every single drop up into her yearning womb, filling her right up as she moaned in pure ecstasy along with him. They stayed locked like that until Leroy began to soften, and then she finally got off him, laying down next to him and li living up to her name. She grabbed him and in one movement flipped onto her back, pulling him on top of her and planting his head between her bust. This is best night of Cuddlebug's life. She finally knows what human love is, and now she has it she will never let go. Cuddlebug is Leroy's mate for life now, and for life she will guard protect and love Leroy. He will never fear again because Cuddlebug will always save and protect. Cuddlebug will love Leroy for life, she said holding him tightly and reassuringly. This was the best night of my life and it was all thanks to you Cuddlebug. Till I met you I had no idea what love even was but now I know and I swear to you I'm going to make it my very best to make your every day a happy one. I will love you to the very best of my ability. Did I please you tonight? he asked, and she nodded. 
Cuddlebug now knows that all things her kin say about humans is true. They are beings made to love. Even though Leroy is untouched, he knows by instinct how to make Cuddlebug happy. And he does so. Thank you, Leroy, she said, and he shook his head. No, Cuddlebug, thank you for believing in me and giving me this chance. He said, and he drew him up into a big, warm, soft cuddle that sapped his remaining strength, pulling him into the warmth of the dark embrace of sleep. Yes, yeah, so that was 43 part two, ladies and gentlemen. But who's going to be up next in our little love fest? Only going to be one way to find out the answer to that question, and so many more. Going to have to tune in next time. So until next time, this is Ghost Nobody signing off and saying, I'll see you all next time.